knows your name. He knows each and every one of us. His spirit is alive and well in this place. Families, we pray God's blessing be upon you. Um, just want to make mention, Dr. Lenny, Pastor Z, would you? Hallelujah. Well, I have one more real quick announcement in case you missed it earlier. He's alive. He's alive. How many of you have been slightly confused over the past couple of weeks? I work at Meyer, And prior to them shutting down third shift, which I work on, it was crazy in the store. They were coming in and, and stripping our pallets down to find what they wanted off the pallets. They were half mugging us, trying to find something on us that they could take. I mean... Soup, stuff that doesn't even sell. The weird items are all gone. And then some crazy guy decided to sell for $5 a roll of toilet paper in our parking lot. It's a crazy time in the nation. It's a confusing time in the nation. Have you ever thought you would see this in America? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I have such a peace. I shared this with Bishop Thursday morning when I came in, or fr Friday morning when I came in from work. I pulled up. I live our street, that is, into a very busy street. There's a train switching yard two blocks over from us. Uh, Triple Crown trucking comes out of there. Cars constantly up and down Dick's Toledo Road. I got out of my truck. It was a brisk, cold morning. For about two minutes, I stood next to my truck. Not one car went by. Not one truck went by. Not one train clanged and banged. Not one bird chirped. And the wind stopped, and all of a sudden, a big gust <laughs> blew. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I am refreshing the atmosphere. Get ready. 
Get ready, because when this thing is over, there's a revival spirit coming. There is something that is about to happen in this nation and around the world. And I'm going to tell you, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I've entitled my message today, It is Finished. I must go. Now, those are two negatives. Those are two negatives. I'm going to take the negatives turn into a positive this morning. Because how many of you heard a lot of negative over the news and every announcement? Oh, my goodness. We had one of our, one of our guys at work. He's been out for a few days. And he had a little bit of an allergy sneeze last week. I worked with him for eight years on the, on the dairy wall. I know how he is this time of the year. He gets an allergy sneeze. A little hacky cough. Oh, my goodness. They have him dead with the virus. And he's missed a couple of days. Well, I know exactly what it was. I talked to his wife, who also works there. He has gout. And his foot's swollen. But immediately, one of the co-workers said, Hell, he has the virus. We're all going to get the virus. We're all going to die. Why is his wife here? Oh, my goodness. The negative. The negative. The negative. I'm going to be preaching in a moment from John chapter uh, uh, 20. But first, I'm going to set up a little bit of what's happened. In Matthew chapter 21. Yeah, the triumphal entry of Christ just, just a few, uh, few days prior to the cross. They say the crowd was so large and lined the street for miles. They said if you took them and put them into one of the modern day closed stadiums and had them scream to the top of their lungs and put one person in the middle of the floor without a microphone and say stop, that's about how much authority the Romans had trying to stop them from singing Hosanna, Hosanna to Jesus. Now the interesting thing is they said when it, Jesus went by the crowd began to gather. So they began to close in around and behind him so the noise and the volume became louder the closer he got to Jerusalem. Great cheering on. Hosanna. Our king is here. Their eyes were on a visual. They were looking for a visual now king. They weren't looking for what the scripture was saying. It was a time of the Passover, the celebration of when God said, put the blood, key word, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost that what the death angel may pass over you. Now, the one thing man has not conquered yet, death. Death. Death still reigns. Lest we go by the rapture, we're going by the grave. Fact. Period. I don't think there's any freezing the bodies and all that good stuff they're trying to do. There's none of that happening. When it's time, it's time. Now, some of us may have already beat death a couple of times. Some of us probably shouldn't be alive right now. But only God knows. They're celebrating the Passover week, a time of happiness, a time of joy, a time of shouting, a time of rejoicing, because we have been spared. We have been spared. It's a great feasting time. Then we go.
26th chapter of Matthew, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the feast, the Sanhedrin, the crazy religious leaders of the day, have this idea. Let's kill him. Now, why do they want to kill him? Jealousy. Jealousy. He was the center of attention. The Sanhedrin, they were not getting the attention that they should, they feel like they deserved. All of this craziness going on and around in the midst of the joy, you know, you think, okay, we're going to celebrate a while of Passover, everybody go back to normal. No, the jealousy rose high. In the midst when the crowd was the largest in Jerusalem. If you're taking notes, write this down. God has perfect timing. Now, I'm going to let you on a little secret. Every Christmas, I buy God a Timex. Why, you ask? Thank you. Because his timing does not match my timing, and I know my timing is right. Anybody agree? Okay, I'm the only one wrong here. (laughs) How many of you ever thought that? Yeah, okay, I got one in the sound booth. He's hiding behind the wall. (laughs) How many of you ever done that? Lord, it's got to be this way, this way, this way. And it drags on, it drags on. Lord, are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? Hello, are you awake? I know the word says you never sleep or slumber, but really? Can you turn and hear my awake? This is the way it has to be. Anybody ever said that to God? Okay, I got two of us now. Three of us now. Four of us now. Five. The others. Can I have a sixth? A half of one in the back scratching the face. Okay, sold. We've all have done that. He just takes the Timex and he sticks it over on the pile with everybody else's. Interesting, Judas for three years walks with Jesus. You know, he's the, he's the money man. He's the treasurer. But something happened that he went over and agreed with the plot. And he said, for the price of a slave, I'll betray the master. He could ask for anything. Anybody watch the billboards? The, 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 I, don't, I don't do the lottery. You ever watch the billboards? Ooh, 500 million, 300 million, four, whoop, zero. Somebody won something somewhere. You ever watch that? I see him driving by coming to church. and, and He could have sold Jesus for anything he wanted. But he chose the price of a slave. 30 pieces of silver. And then he goes and he sits down and has supper with Jesus. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Jesus ain't no dummy. He knows what's going on. He already knows what Judas has done. Here they have the supper he brings in the, the, what we call communion. And in the midst of that, he tells Judas, go do what you have to do. Go do what you have to do. Gave him permission to betray him. Then he talks about his death and Peter, the bold one. Peter had the cleanest feet of all the disciples. Because his foot was constantly in his mouth. 
There could have been no dirt left on there. You're going to deny me three times. I'll never deny you. I'll go to death with you. I'll never, 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 never deny you. Nope, nope. You're the man. You're the man. You're the man. We're coming to that in a minute. Do we go to the garden? Pray with me. Now, I know we're not supposed to be envious of people's gifts, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm envious of Dr. Darlene's prayer gifts. I'm going to tell you when she prays, she prays with authority. She prays the paint off the walls. The dead, I'm sure, can hear. And I know hell can feel it. She prays with authority like very few people that I've ever known and ever met. Jesus gave one simple request. Sit with me, pray with me. Stay right here and pray with me. Now, how many of you ever tried this? You lay down at night to go to sleep and you want to take some time to pray and you last about 30 seconds before you fall asleep. But you can go sit back in your chair and watch a three-hour movie. This is not Confession Sunday. It's amazing how when it comes time to pray, time to read the Word, how tired we become. Jesus said one thing, pray with me. He began to pray, began to pray intensely to the point where they said the capillaries broke and the blood began to come out in his sweat. That's very intense. He came back to find out what? The three are sleeping. Can you wake up? Pray with me. Comes back again. Pray with me. Comes back. Now is the hour. Here comes Judas leading the crowd to take him away. Kisses him on the cheek. A sign of affection, a sign of I respect you, a sign of greeting. Judah signed to say, this is the one, take him. Just a few days later, we had cheering, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Oh, I was, I, I'll tell you, that, that, they could play that video anytime. That one with the stone rolled away and that cloth just drops and Jesus not there. Whew. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, just a few days ago, they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Now it's a kiss on the cheek. We're going to kill him. Can you imagine how much confusion is going on in the midst of those following Jesus right now? Now, we know Jesus is alive. We know God's on the throne. We know God has everything in control. But I'm telling you, this is a very confusing time in America. One of the gentlemen I work with lives down in Wyandotte. He said he's driving up Biddle, which becomes Jefferson. He's driving up and... and Two days ago, the boat ramp's open and it's crowded. The next day, he drives by and there's barricades up and signs, boat ramp's closed. They're congregating. Too many people. They're shutting down parts of Meyer now. You can't buy furniture in Meyer. Can't buy your patio furniture. I make sure I got my fertilizer and grass seed and everything I needed for the summer before they shut that part down. So parts of the GM side, the general merchandise side, are shutting down. Things that are non-essential. Who ever thought things are non-essential in America? But things are beginning to happen that's different and strange for us. And people are getting antsy. They're getting antsy. Then Jesus goes before the Sanhedrin through the night. And by the way, if you read that part in the, in the uh, 26th chapter of Matthew... There are several trials that went on. Every one of those were unlawful. 
It was against the law to hold a night trial. Everything they did to Jesus was not according to the word. Not according to the law. But they found him guilty and took him before the Romans. They beat him. They spit on him. They mocked him. They pulled his beard. They pulled his hair. They blindfolded him. Played the game. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And what did Jesus do the whole time? Sat there with his mouth shut. Now, I have a melancholy personality. And one, one sad trait of the melancholy personality is we get tempers. And every once in a while, my temper will flare. I believe Jesus had to be a fl- pretty much a, all four personalities, but very phlegmatic because he sat there with his mouth closed. Yeah, I'd have had the melancholy come out of me and kill them all. It would have been one of them standing. No, they'd have been ashes on the floor. Hoover could have come by and picked them up later. Mm-hmm. Any other melancholies here? Mm-hmm. They take him away. As they're taking him away, three times, the one who said, I will never leave your side, I'll be with you to the end, does what? Three times, Peter says, I don't know him. Third time was very violent, probably with cursing. Very adamant. Making a point. All leading up to the crucifixion. All that leads up to the first part of my sermon. Title. It is finished. He said, he said, I give up my spirit. He hung his head and what? Died. You imagine being a follower of Jesus and you're expecting him to lead you, take you through, take over, be the king of kings, and you watch him die. Where's the mindset? How much confusion now has the enemy brought to the people? Faith may have been there just a few days earlier, but now the rubber meets the road. And they begin to worry. They begin to panic. They begin to scatter. They begin to hide. Now Jesus was never intended to be on this earth for a lifetime. His place has always been at the right hand of the Father. He came down for one purpose, to become a sacrificial lamb for our sins. Matter of fact, it says that when he put him in the tomb, it was what? A borrowed tomb. He didn't own his own property. Somebody was kind of say, at least put him in here for the next couple of days and we'll figure out what to do. They came by now to put spices on him to take care of him. And what? Oh, I, oh, I love that picture earlier. The stone was rolled away. We shout hallelujah because we know what happened. But you imagine being the first group walking upon that and seeing the stone rolled away. What's the first thought that goes to the mind? The Romans have stolen him. The Romans are thinking the Jews have stolen him. Somebody's blaming somebody. No one's taking. <laughs> you did it. No, you did. You did. No, you did it. You did it. 
It's all your fault. You imagine the confusion that went on. The turmoil. I'm sure the thought went through their minds. How long is this going to last? What is going to happen next? Where am I going to be? Who's taking control? Who's going to take charge? Oh, my goodness, you know, the sky's falling down. It's no different than right now in America. Some of the eyes have taken off of God, and we're putting it on to man. We're worried about this and worried about that. It's a temporary time of discomfort. And when this thing is over, I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost is going to come through this place and come through our lives like you've never seen or experienced before. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, don't encourage me up there because I will. (laughs) I'm telling you, Something is about to break. The Lord began to speak to me in January. There's a revival spirit coming to America like none they've ever seen. Greater than the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the early 1900s. Greater than any revival we've ever seen. I've been in some good revival meetings that lasted a short time. But there's an outpouring and something about to happen. But this has had to happen in order for us to get ourselves ready to get our minds on to God. This is the time when we can't go out and go shopping and do and do and do. This is the time that we need to be sitting before the Lord, sitting in his presence and hearing what he has to say and getting in his word and filling our house with worship and filling our house with praise and enjoying the presence of God undisturbed. Woo! Imagine all that's going on. Mm. They come up to the tomb. And the greatest question was ever asked. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? I have you ever been to a funeral? How many of you ever seen a body laying in a casket? All right, if you watch, they close the lid, they seal it, they drive it, they put it in the ground. That body's not removed from the casket. You go and exhume the body, and they're in the casket today. So if you go to visit the cemetery, and you look, and you're remembering somebody, you've gone to the funeral home, what do you expect to see in the casket? Thank you, a dead body. But the greatest question, I think, in the midst of this was asked, why are you looking for the what? The living. What did Jesus say? I will raise. 
days up in what? Three days. They missed something in all the midst of the confusion and all the turmoil going on. They missed a great event that was about to happen. Jesus said, I'm going to fulfill the scriptures of what Isaiah wrote 600 years prior to my coming here. Now we'll get into the scripture. Turn with me to John chapter 20. Verses 24 to 29. I think we're going to put them on the screen here in a moment. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the who? One of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So what's the nickname we've given Thomas through the years? Doubting Thomas. Doubting is what? A negative. I'm going to turn into a positive here. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, What? Unless what? I see him. His hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I what? I will not believe. Now many have read that as a negative. I'm going to tell you, to me, that's become a positive. I want to see Jesus face to face. I don't want a lie spoken to me. I don't want somebody to see a ghost and say it was him. I want to know that my Savior is risen. I want to know it for a fact. But Thomas, we were there. We saw him. I don't care what you saw. I want to see him. I don't care what you've experienced. I want my own experience with the Lord. I have some great Baptist friends of mine. Solid in the word of God. Solid Bible-believing people. But won't have a thing to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, they're taught that was for then, not for now. I'm not going to argue with them. I'll tell you what I tell them. I'm greedy. You don't want it? I'll take your portion. That's right. You don't want it? I'll take your portion. It's not going to get you to heaven anyway. Salvation is what's going to take you to heaven. But if you don't want something, you don't want some power, you don't want some authority, you don't want some language the enemy can't understand, when you go to the throne of grace in prayer time, I'll take your portion. I have a problem with greed. I'll get through it. Nah. If you don't want some of the praise and worship that goes on in here, let me know. I'll take your portion. You know, the sanctuary seats, what the, the signs say, capacity 900 people. Before all this, we may have around 150, 200 in here on a Sunday. It gets kind of loud. Wait till it gets to 900. We're going to rock the walls. We're going to rock the walls. We're going to blow some windows out. Some neighbors are going to hear this happening. Mm-hmm. They're going to think an earth tremor just went through Roseville. No, that's the evangel. They're jumping and shouting again. I want to see it. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas now is with them. Eight days later. 
Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the, oh, I like that. The doors what? Being shut. And where was Jesus? In the midst of them. That door never opened. He doesn't need a door to open to enter into the room. Mm. Peace to you. Yeah. If I find it interesting, every time the angel appeared, they always said, peace, be still. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Okay, let's take a survey. How many of you be afraid if an angel appeared before you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. After eight days, and then he said to Thomas, reach your finger in here. Wait, he said to Thomas, what? Okay, I don't think he was standing there. He was not standing there in the midst of the disciples when Thomas said, what? I want to touch him. Look into my hands. Reach your hand in here. Put it into what? My side. The very thing that Peter, or I'm sorry, that Thomas asked for. Now, how many of you have prayed for something and not received it yet? Get ready. Don't let the enemy win. This is time we stop asking. This is time we start claiming. This is time we start praising as we start thanking for the Lord. Because things are about to come to pass. Things are about to come to pass. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Verse 28. Did I go that far? How far did I go? Yeah, verse 28. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Wow. Just because he saw it, he knew. He knew. You spoke it to me in verse 29. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Now this next part, somebody better be shouting. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Woo! How many of you have ever seen Jesus face to face? How many of you have ever seen God face to face? How many of you have ever seen the Holy Spirit face to face? But how many of us believe because we know in our spirit he's alive and he's well and his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Woo! Positive number one. People say he doubted. No, he wanted to see him. I want to be in his presence. Read what he's saying. I want to be in his midst. People at work, when I say I'm going to church on Sunday, are you crazy? Well, that's a whole other sermon. <laughs> I hunger to be. Now, we have, what, 9, 10, 12 people here? How many of you felt the Spirit of the Lord during worship? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. He said, where two or three are gathered. And this is what the Lord showed me at one time. If I'm there and the Holy Spirit's there, how many is that? Two. I'm in the midst. 
You're never alone. You're never alone. See, don't think it has to be in the crowds of tens of thousands. We can get into his presence, get our face before God and receive what he has for us. We've called him Doubting Thomas through the years. I call him Smart Thomas. I want to touch him. I want to know him. I want to see him. Go with me to John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. This is one of my favorite scriptures. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, feed my what? Lambs. What are lambs? Babies. Give you a small responsibility. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. I can hear Peter. First denial, I don't know him. Second denial, I said I don't know him. Third denial, I still don't know him. What part of it are you understanding? All right, let's get Peter in perspective here. Lord, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. He said, tend to my sheep. That means sit under a shepherd and learn how to take care of my sheep. I was just reading this morning in Oswald Chambers. And, and I was reading another devotion about Oswald Chambers. He grew up as a shepherd in Scotland. He says, sheep are dirty. Sheep are nasty. Sheep are stupid. Sheep get lost, you have to go find the sheep. And he said, there's a great burden to put a sheep, a smelly, stinky, dirty animal on your shoulder and have to carry him back to the fold. Now, I've had the privilege of meeting a couple of sheep farmers through the years and said, that poor lamb, they lost more than once. If you don't keep the sheep together, one's going to wander off. Aren't you glad you're not on the camera today? And then you have to go find him, put him on your shoulder. All right, Chaplain Wayne. Man, you need to lose weight. Here we are. Dr. D, watch him. Chaplain Wayne is going to be mad at me. Runs again, gets mad at God. Oh, if spirit picks All right, Chaplain Wayne. I just want to say that instead of Dr. Scott. <laughs> uh-huh. Put your own name in there. Mm-hmm. Let you sit on that one for a minute. Carry back to the fold. That dirty, that smelly, non-perfect Christian. I don't care if I'm a minister. I don't care if I have a doctor in front of my name. I still battle. I still battle. We all do. Thank you. The third time. He said to him a third time. Simon, son of Jonah, do you really deeply love me? 
I can see this conversation getting. Peter was what? Grieved. Peter was upset. Peter was angry. You can put other words in there. Because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Five minutes. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. He took it from taking care of the babies, took it through a training. Now I'm going to give you something. I'm going to change your name. Petra means the rock. And upon this, upon the revelation you're about to receive, I'm going to build my church. It was the one of the disciples that received the Holy Spirit that preached and 3,000 came to. And i got to close with this. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. I must go. Another negative. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to what? Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What does that mean? I would think tomorrow, maybe two days. No, it took a while. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Verse 7, and he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the season for which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive what? Power. Power. When, what? The Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward the heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel and said, why do you stand here gazing into the heavens? Now, if you haven't shouted yet, this is your time. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven woo, will so come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. I must go to prepare a place for you because I'm coming back for my children. I'm coming back for the church that's looking for me. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, because he conquered death, he conquered the grave, he's conquered hell, and he sits at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for us, and the day the trumpet sounds, he's coming back to take us home. Woo. Why do you gaze up into heaven? The day's coming, and he's going to return, and he's looking for us to be looking for him. But in the meantime, we have an assignment. Go to our Jerusalems, go to our Judeas, our Samarias, and I'll take the other most parts of the world, <laughs> and let's preach the gospel. Let's share, let's plant a seed and allow the Holy Spirit to water. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak your word one more time. Thank you, Jesus.
at the grave, could I hold you? Oh, we don't look for the living among the dead. <laughs> and we thank you that you're coming back. Oh, until that time, give us what we need to do what you've asked us to do. Father, we praise you this morning and we thank you. We glorify you in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. And.